Is the Trojans' homecoming game this Saturday against Cal a trap game? That's what's coming up next on this episode of Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you are watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, I just like to remind everybody we are free, and I want to thank you so much for uh, coming along for the ride. Hope you're enjoying the show. For those of you who already have, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Thank you so much. It means a lot. For those of you who haven't, it would mean a lot if you did. So thanks, uh, thanks ahead. And for all of you viewers, I've got some uh, good news. Hang on to the end of the show. It's going to be a short show tonight, end of the week. Uh, but I got some uh, analytics feedback on a locked on USC, and it's all possible due to you. So stick around. I want to go over those numbers with you. But before we get to that, um, Rick Neuheisel over there on CBS Sports Network has said that USC should be on upset alert at home this weekend. They host the Cal Berkeley Bears, 7.30 p.m., and uh, you can actually watch it on TV this week. It'll be on ESPN. So I, that got me thinking, is this a trap game? How, how could USC, a 21-point favorite, coming home after a, basically not playing at the Coliseum for almost a month, October 8th, I think was the last time they played a game there, um, how can this be a trap game? Well, I, I guess there could be some lackadaisical uh, attitudes on the team, maybe. But USC is, you know, they came off a of bye week, and then they went to Tucson uh, following their loss to Utah. They got the win. Um, it wasn't clean, um, at least on defense. Their performance wasn't very clean. But you got to give a lot of that credit to, um, you know, you. The Arizona's quarterback, their offense, offensively, they're a good team. You know, Jaden Delora and his group of one-handed wide receivers making really some incredible receptions throughout the game. Uh, they deserve some credit for making USC's defense look as bad as it did, um, at least statistically. And, yeah, we, we've gone over that already. Um, you know, Everyone's aware that USC has, they're dealing with some injuries and there's a lot of missed tackles uh, and guys kind of, you know, I don't want to say playing out of position, but um, having to adjust from where they might have played more frequently uh, earlier in the year. I guess that's a good way of putting it, right? So again, the Trojans are back home now after that month long stretch. Um, and I guess maybe, you know, USC, at least a lot of USC fans are, are looking at it as Cal and Colorado. I've made the argument. I don't think they're very good teams. Um, you know, is this, you know, basically two more bye weeks at home before uh, USC travels to Pasadena, travels to the Rose Bowl to take on UCLA, where both schools could potentially be nine and one uh, when that happens. And that will be a, November 19th. It's a big weekend in the Pac-12. Oregon and Utah also play. So 
um, you know, all you're hoping for, really, and I, I guess why this could be a trap game and why next Friday's game could also be a potential trap game is USC already looking ahead to the UCLA game. Um, it's understandable, but, you know, this is where the coaching staff has to really uh, kind of get in everybody's view, so to speak, make sure that they're only looking one game at a time. Don't look, don't let them look too far ahead. Um, and, and here's something else why, you know, why USC might think that they have a, they might have an easy time of this game. Okay. I'm not saying they are thinking this way. I'm just kind of throwing it out there. Devil's advocate. Um, Cal doesn't have a quarterback like a Jaden Delora or Utah's Cam Rising. So USC's defense could say, all right, well, you know, we don't have all that extra pressure of having to try and contain and corral a, you know, a mobile quarterback who can make plays, as Alex Grinch would say, off schedule. What that means is use his legs to extend extend plays, extend drives, just and just make life miserable for, for a defense and for the defensive coordinator. Um, in, in fact, this Cal might be the perfect remedy uh, for USC's defense that has kind of been, you know, under the microscope. They, they haven't looked great. And for all the reasons we've talked about, injuries and poor tackling. Um, but <clears throat> Cal's quarterback, Jack Plummer, you know, he's already been sacked 25 times uh, through their first eight games this year. That's over three per game. And we know USC can get to the quarterback. Uh, at least, you know, they had, they were getting to him uh, before these last couple of games where they still, <clears throat> they, they've still been able to, to get some sacks, but they, just, they haven't been as proficient. Uh, it, in fact, uh, it's almost looked like Tuli Tuia Pelotu has hit a wall but you want to, again, you got to give credit to the opposing team's game planning against him. And it's going to be up to the rest of the team to execute and to perform better. And Tuli talked about this this week at practice. So we'll see if uh, his words spread uh, spread amongst the, uh, the locker room, at least on defense. So again, because uh, Cal's, you know, Cal's offensive line and, and, and their offensive surrendered 25 sacks, USC can get to the quarterback. Um, this could be one of those games where the defense could bounce back and and, and kind of you know reestablish themselves, so to speak, down this down the home stretch these last uh, four regular season games. So look, I, I'm not trying to throw a, a a whole lot of shade and disrespect um, at Cal's team this year, but you know let's just be honest that they shouldn't pose a serious threat to USC, even for an injured defense. Uh, that could still be without Eric Gentry and and Raylan Goforth, uh, at least at the you know at, line, at just at the linebacker level. Um, Thursday uh, after practice via Zoom that we we always talk to to Riley after practice on Thursday via the Zoom meetings. Um, he kind of hinted uh, that uh, the guys are getting close, or at least some of them, and they had a good week. Um, so who knows that. Maybe one or two guys will be back. We'll see. You should know by now that uh, Lincoln does—he doesn't give up anything when it comes to uh, the injury report. And all I can do is hint. 
if I was to make my judgment call, I don't think you'll see Eric Gentry. You could possibly see Raylan go forth. Uh, I think Raylan has a better chance of playing. Again, I'm coming at this from the perspective you don't need Eric Gentry to win this game. Uh, you'd like to have him out there, but let's get him healthy or healthier uh, so we can have him. If, if he needs to play one game before UCLA, get him back for Colorado so he can kind of get his feet under him, so to speak. Um, look, no one who's been out so far to, on the injured list, they, they, no, they don't need to play this week. And that's what I was just you know, kind of talking about. Uh, with Raylan, maybe we've seen Shane Lee perform with one hand. Maybe Raylan can do it as well. Um, but again, you know, if, if tackling is is one of the uh, issues the team is trying to work on, um, maybe having Raylan sit out another week would be beneficial. We, we saw how Shane struggled with one hand. So again, um, what you're hoping for, and, and maybe this is where Rick Neuheisel was coming from, is you just don't want the team to have a, a laissez-faire type of a, an attitude or approach toward this game. Because Cal's offense, statistically, they're terrible, horrible. 23 points per game. Um, USC's defense gives up uh, just over 24, I think 24 and a half points per game. So it's uh, Cal's weakness versus, actually, you know, even though USC's defense hasn't looked great, uh, they still don't give up a lot of points. Uh, you know, this week, uh, Alex Grinch, after practice, after Wednesday's practice, um, he had some quotes that I thought were you know, brutally honest. And, and that's, I love that about him, um, about any coach. No, no, don't BS me. Just give it to me straight. I mean, when I used to coach high school basketball, that's how I used to coach. I'm going to look you straight in the eye. I'm going to tell you how I feel. Might not feel good. I'm going to let you know it's not personal. And I put my arm around your shoulder and I explain to you why it wasn't personal and why we just need to get better. And players will appreciate that. Um, and especially if you treat everybody the same, from starter to backup to walk on. As long as there's consistent consistency, uh, players love discipline. So, um, with regards to you know getting in the backfield and, and not completing the play like we saw against Arizona, uh, Alex Green said, "quote Close is a cancer," um, and I mean that in a very dramatic sense. You can kind of hold on to that and say, "Well, we'll be closer next time," which means we'll inevitably will inevitably uh, make the play. That's kind of been the story over the last two weeks, end quote. Uh, the only reason we can sleep at night right now and the only reason we won the game uh, the other night is because we played hard and that gives you a shot. Now, playing hard is not designed to overcome us. It's to overcome your opponent. There's too much of that going on right now, end quote. So as you remember earlier this week, I gave out my grades, gave them an A for effort. Coach Grinch agrees. But uh, as far as productivity, they've got to produce. They've got to do better. Bottom line. 
closest, you know, you can get close, but you got to make the play. Otherwise, you know, close is good in what? Horseshoes and hand grenades? All right. So um, last year when USC and Cal played up in Berkeley, that was the, uh, I called it the, I'll call it the mutiny on the bounty game where uh, USC lost. And that's how they finished their season, four and eight. Well, one last quote from Alex Grinch. Uh, We've got to be honest about Cal, he's referring to Cal, their excitement level coming in here on Saturday and having that, uh, and they, USC has to have the understanding in terms of we're going to get their best version of them. We expect that. We're going to make sure we give them the best version of us, and we haven't done that in a long time, end quote. So this is where Alex Wrench comes up with a little bit of the coach speaks. He kind of believes Justin Wilcox can upset this USC team. Um, he doesn't, maybe he's not aware that Justin Wilcox hasn't, he's not very successful against top 10 teams. Uh, and USC is number nine, ranked number nine right now. So uh, this Saturday, USC is going for win number eight on the season. Um, there's no Lincoln Riley on the horizon. He will actually be on, on the sideline this year, as opposed to last year's four and eight game. And uh, he knows how important the month of November is. And that's why Saturday will not turn into a trap game, or at least it better not be, right? Okay, so Cal is a 21-point underdog for a reason. Uh, They're not very good. So this episode is also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, which is the easiest place to spice up your college football season. And I do want to emphasize how easy it is to get started and it's easy to play while you're watching your favorite team play. Not just USC, by the way. Underdog Fantasy is easy to play, and it's available in over 30 states. All you have to do is just pick between two and five players across any team, not just USC, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. It's a pick em. So will Travis Dye finish higher than 150 yards for the game? You pick higher or lower. Will Caleb Williams throw for more than 300 yards? You pick higher or lower. It's that simple. And you do that between with two between two and five different players across any team. So again, it's one of the easiest fantasy to play games out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. All you have to do is sign up with the promo code locked on. That's one word, locked on, and underdog will double your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. Deposit hundred dollars, you're gonna get one hundred dollars free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on, one word. Get in the college football pick'em action today. How special would this USC team be if they had a designated special teams coach? as opposed to the coaching by committee uh, that they do right now with Doherty and Luke Heward and Kyle McDonald. Well, for for some Trojan fans, uh, this is like a real sore spot. So we're going to talk about it for a couple minutes here uh, because those guys seem to be waiting for USC to lose a game uh, due due to poor special teams play. And they want to blame it on the fact that Coach Riley likes to coached by have his special teams coached by committee 
<clears throat> as opposed to having a dedicated special teams coach. Um, so on Thursday, following practice on Zoom, when he's talking with the media, um, Riley was asked about the question. And quote, I don't believe in a singular special teams coordinator, not with the current limits on staff. Um, Riley said he's always going to go with a full staff of assistant coaches who are coaching the entire practice rather than just running one or two periods. So I get that. That makes sense. Uh, now, he went on to say that if the NCA relaxes those rules on staff size, then he'd go back and reevaluate that. Um, in other words, what he's saying is if, you know, USC is willing to pay for it and we can in increase the staff size, sure, I'll bring one on. We'll see. Um, you know, in the past, USC has used a, uh, a considerable amount of time. They spent a considerable amount of time on special teams uh, during practice when we were allowed to actually get out there and watch the entire time. And I can tell you right now, it make it, it really makes no discernible difference. Um, look, I, people, they, they, they remember what just happened recently and they saw the last game against Arizona, your, your place kicker. Um, he missed a 39 yarder and a 56 yard field goal. He made a 45 yarder. Uh, they see in the past uh, some kickoff returns having getting some good returns by the opposition. Well, maybe they're not paying attention because uh, if the kicks aren't going through the back of the end zone or for touchbacks, uh, the short kickoffs recently actually have been covered very well. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. Would having a John Baxter on Lincoln Riley staff make a difference? John Baxter, you know, was a full-time special teams coach for Clay Helton. I don't think it really made a difference. And John Baxter is is considered a, one of the best in the business. Uh, last year, they had um, uh, they had a special teams coach. Oh gosh, why is it Sean um, Sean Snyder? Gosh, forgive me, coach, who was a Maven at Kansas State, coaching under his father, the legendary Bill Snyder. Didn't make a difference last year. I don't know if anybody would have made a difference last year, so no offense to Coach Sean Snyder. However, um, you know, people think, they think about teams of, throughout the history, across the country, we've had good special teams coaches. You think back to Virginia Tech with Shane Beamer and Frank Beamer as the head coach. Um, that's very true. They always would have great special teams play, but sometimes you emphasize having great special teams play when you lack the other areas, like on offense or defense. So you have to make plays other in other areas. At USC, um, or at least with Lincoln Riley, I think his philosophy is, and you know, whether it's arrogance or it's just his, you know, supreme confidence that, you know, his approach to uh, having coaches spending all their time coaching, you know, that's that's the way he wants to do it. However, you can't say, but if we can expand our, our staff roster, I'll go back and reevaluate it because you're kind of contradicting. 
that's why my uh, my old 10th grade English teacher, I'll never forget you, Mr. Zimmerman, uh, he always told me to use the, the term however to transition, because whenever you say but, you're going to contradict what you just said, and nothing good ever comes from the but. And that's how you remember the rule. Always use however, even though but is perfectly acceptable. Um, nevertheless, I digress big time, right? <laughs> Um, so we were talking about special teams here. I, again, I, I don't think having a full-time special teams coach is the answer this season. Would it have made a difference in their one-point loss on the road at Utah? No. Would not have. Um, special, I mean, that special teams wasn't the reason USC lost that game. USC lost that game because defensively they couldn't get off the field and Real quickly, the Pac-12 brought a 12th man. Um, got to get that out of there. So, look, I, I think waiting around for an I told you so moment is kind of stupid. And I'm not calling Trojan fans stupid. I'm just saying, for those of you who believe Lincoln Riley should have a full-time special teams coach, um, and you're wasting your time sitting around just waiting for that that opportunity to pounce. I think that's stupid. And no, that's not a grump. That's not the grumpy old man uh, wag wagging his finger at you guys. I bring that up because some friends of mine uh, have, have called me grumpy old man, and I can get that way sometimes. I will admit. I, like I said, I just think it's dumb hoping for uh, hoping for something bad to happen. That's that's bad karma. That's bad juju. Don't live like that. Okay. Locked on USC. We come at you five times a week. And uh, like I said, it's going to be a short show. And I want to, I'm going to come at, I'm going to give you five things since we come at you five times a week, five things of why USC will win this game against Cal. Number one. Caleb Williams, he's going to throw for five, 300 yards and four touchdowns. My gosh, if he throws for 500 yards, that's what I almost spit out. Um, that would be amazing, but I don't think that would be necessary. Uh, by the way, 300 yards, four touchdowns for Caleb Williams, that would actually be kind of pedestrian when you go back and look at his last couple of games. So 300 yards. Four touchdowns through the air for Caleb Williams. Second thing, Kyle Ford, I think, is going to lead the team lead the team this week in receiving yards. Um, go, he'll go over 100 again, back-to-back -back games. Last week, Taj Washington led in yardage with two, uh, as well as two touchdowns. This week, uh, I think Kyle Ford will lead in yardage. I'm not going to go how many touchdowns he'll get. I do think he'll get at least one more. Let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Tuli Tuia Pelotu. I think he's going to bounce back, and he's going to get three sacks. The team as a whole is going to have five. I'm giving Tuli credit for three. I mentioned earlier, Cal gives up three per game. So this is a ripe opportunity for USC, USC's defense not just to be close, but to get the job done. 
I also think the USC defenses are going to secure two interceptions on Saturday. That's just a hunch. And then number five, the fifth thing, the defense as a whole, they're going to be able to contain Cal's prolific offense of 23 points per game, who couldn't even be Colorado. They're going to hold them to 350 or less yards of offense. And I, I've gone on record. you got to head on over to wearesc.com for my Thursday's yay or nay column, but I've got USC winning this game handedly. All right, so we're out of here for the week. However, before we leave, as I mentioned, at the top of the show, I got some feedback uh, from the powers that be at uh, the Locked On Network. And uh, like I said, I got to thank you, the viewers, because you were responsible for these numbers. So thank you. It means a whole lot to me. And it's what it's going to keep me going to want to get better and do better. So I was told that anything over a 30% watch through um, on the YouTube analytics, are, that's considered good. Um, what the Locked On College shows at um, the top show at for the Locked On College um, is 42%. Okay? Keep in mind that Locked On USC is relatively new. Um, I've got less than, I think, 80 episodes recorded. I've already got it. This show, because of you, the viewers, is giving us a 40% watch through. In other words, for the viewers are watching it. They are staying and stick. 40% of the viewers are sticking around to watch the entire show. That's amazing. Keep it going. I'd like to see that number go, you know, 60, 70% just because I'm hoping you're watching the entire show. Nevertheless, thank you again. Keep it up. I appreciate it. Locked on USC. Look, we're still growing. Keep spreading the word. I appreciate it. And uh, as you know, five days a week, as long as you keep watching, I'll keep bringing some content for you. Content for you. I'll find something unique, new. Uh, try and keep this show different from all those other shows that are out there because there's a lot of competition out there. But uh, you know where to make your first listen every day, and that's Locked on USC. So I'll be back next week. We'll break down this week's game, this weekend's game, USC versus Cal. But until then, everyone, you know what to do, right?